You're listening to the World Watch weekly podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. This is Jared here with Andrew from Open Doors Canada. We're so glad that you've joined us once again as we discuss our persecuted family around the world. Uh, something a, a little bit unusual this week. Andrew has informed me that he has some good news to share, and I'm not aware of what it is. So in a moment, you're going to find out with me what this good news uh, could be from somewhere around the world. Yeah, we thought we would send some positive vibes this week. I mean, <laughs> that, uh, you know, a lot of what we talk about on the podcast is, uh, can be disheartening and, and, you know, good things are happening too amidst all of the bad stuff. There are good things happening. God is working. And so, uh, we just wanted to share that with you. And so the first thing and uh, that I want to talk about is Leah Sherabu. Now, many of you have probably heard us talk about Leah Sherabu on the podcast. She, uh, in 2018, was uh, abducted by Boko Haram and remains in captivity still. She was 14 at the time. She's about 18 now. Uh, and remains in captivity because she refused to deny her faith in Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, it's been a... A long time that she's still in captivity. Now, before you get your hopes up about the good news is that she's been released. That, unfortunately, is not the good news. But the good news is that there has been a report this week that Leah Sherbu is still alive. Really? Yeah, and so that's... Oh, that's a fantastic. It is fantastic news because it just reminds us that we need to pray. Hmm. It reminds us that she still needs our prayers living in captivity for so long. She she needs us to pray, and, and we're going to pray for her in a minute. But this good news was delivered by Reverend Gideon Peramalam, uh, who has confirmed from multiple sources that Leah is still alive. And so we actually have a clip of Reverend Gideon speaking, and so we're going to share that with you now as he talks about uh, Leah Sherbu. Yes. Leah Sharibu is still alive. From three sources, I can confirm that she is still alive, even though I can't go into details. One of my sources, who was recently released from Boko Haram captivity, confirmed that Leah is still alive. She was able to see Leah Sharibu. It has been over three years, very close to four years since Leah's abduction. But we're grateful to God that she is still alive. What a traumatic experience for such a teenage girl. However, the news of her being alive should encourage our hearts to remain hopeful that one day Leah will be set free. That's really interesting what he said, that one of his sources uh, was recently released from Boko Haram. And um, I don't know who that is, of course, and I don't know what the situation there is, but I wonder if there's little ways that Leah 
and other captives uh, can be encouraged as we're praying for them, like people who are also in captivity who can encourage each other. And then obviously this one person gets released and is able to share updates, even if we don't uh, know all the details. But that's that's quite something. I'm really, really happy to hear that she's at least alive and has... Uh, which is as much as can be expected after being in captivity mm-hmm. for four years. Yeah, and it's it just really is a is it does give us hope. And yeah. so, uh, Jared, why don't you pray uh, for Leah right now and just ask that God would continue to sustain her? Sure, let's pray. Jesus, we think of your daughter Leah, who remains in captivity after these many years, who is surely feeling. Uh, hurt and emotionally traumatized and physically traumatized and yet lord she has refused to deny her relationship with you and has been condemned as such to a lifetime of captivity lord this is so hard for us to imagine but we do thank you for this news that she is still alive thank you for these sources who have been able to uh, confirm that lord we pray that you would continue to sustain your daughter We pray that she would be given some measures of peace and encouragement these days, perhaps, as we said, by other people who are in captivity, that they might be able to encourage each other together, or, Lord, that you would bring to mind scripture references or verses, or even that you would speak to her directly through dreams or anything that might give her uh, some peace and some knowledge that you are there with her. And, Lord, we do have hope. And we continue to pray that she would be freed. Yes, Jesus. We pray that the necessary uh, compromises, perhaps, between Boko Haram and the government would take place, or negotiations, uh, Lord, whatever it would take to to free this young woman and bring her back to her family. We pray that this would come to pass. And so be with her, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, moving from the Asheribu in Nigeria, uh, let's talk about the country of Mozambique. Now, our listeners may remember that at the beginning of this year, uh, we talked about Mozambique a little bit on the podcast because it was one of the, it was a new country on the world watch list for its first time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number, what number, Jared, do you know? Uh, 45 out of 50, I think. Number 45 on on the world watch list. And, uh, and we, we talked a little bit about it. And so th- one of the issues in Mozambique is there's been a lot of uh, a growth of extremism, particularly in a region of the country called Cabo Delgado. And um, in this region, uh, extremism has been rising and families have had to flee the area en masse. And so there have actually been many families that have, have had to flee with only the clothes on their back. Today, I want to take you to Mozambique with me. Not that I've ever been there. But I want you to take me to, I want to, take you to Mozambique with me. Recently, uh, Open Doors, through our local partners, was able to deliver desperately needed relief to 328 mostly Christian families uh, who have been displaced by the extremist violence in Cabo Delgado. And so among these beneficiaries were past believers, pastors, and mission workers like I said, most families who have fled Cabo Delgado had to flee with only their clothes. So each member received food, uh, including uh, corn, rice, cooking oil, beans, sugar, salt, tea, charcoal, 
uh, kitchen utensils and bedding, including, you know, mosquito nets and, and soap and as well, just so that they can be sustained where they are. So as you can imagine, for families that have to flee, this has been a really positive thing for them. One of the beneficiaries, Julia, said this, this aid is a miracle. I thank God for not abandoning us and for creating good people in the world who think and care for others who they don't even know. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. Um, once again, I, I wasn't aware of this until now, but it's it's amazing to think uh, of the prayers that these people have been praying for, uh, for help and for encouragement uh, and just how amazing it must be for them to, to receive these. And this is, this is God answering prayers and it's done through the body of Christ standing together around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, if you are uh, someone who has uh, supported the work of open doors through, uh, through your prayers or gifts, I mean, this is, this is Julia saying, thank you. So the Christians in Mozambique who received all this emergency aid responded with praise to God. They were just so happy. And so we actually have an audio clip of the believers singing praises of thankfulness in response to the the delivery of aid by Open Doors Partners. And so we want you to hear uh, them singing this today. amazing to hear them sing and uh you know i i don't know what they're saying i don't know their language the language uh but you know i still feel connected to them and i want to i want to give praises of thankfulness uh right along with them as they sing and so it's it's amazing why don't we just take a moment and uh let's pray for mozambique right now Father God, we think of the believers in Mozambique, those who have had to flee uh, violence, God, and uh, have had so little. God, we thank you for these 328 families who have received aid, God, who uh, will have a brighter future because of that. God, we thank you for them. God, we ask that you would uh, strengthen believers. God, may they be uh, connected to you. May they Uh, May hope rise in their hearts, God, and may they continue to put their focus on you, God. We think of other believers, God, where violence is continuing, God, we ask that you protect them, protect them from the violence, protect them from their homes and their villages, Father God. We ask that there would uh, peace, particularly in Cabo Delgado, would, would come, Father God. You are, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, and so we ask that you would bring peace to that region. 
God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but God, we ask that you would. God, strengthen your church in Mozambique today. In your name we pray. Amen. So the last kind of story I want to share with you, it's not necessarily a story, and but, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about we, how we need to pray for our persecuted family on the podcast. And we, we pray for our persecuted family. And, uh, and I think our listeners do that as well. And uh, we want you to, to know that, I mean, we share the story from Mozambique that your prayers are making a difference. Yeah. But uh, I also want you to know that the persecuted church just so greatly appreciates your prayer. And not just appreciates your prayer, that the persecuted church is praying for you as well. We've talked about this a little bit before, but we don't want to have a mindset of, you know, our persecuted family needs our help because only we can, uh, or only we know how to survive as the church. Like that isn't really what we want to do. It's not not true either. It's not true at all. (laughs) Um, Our mission is seeing the body of Christ stand together around the world. And that's, uh, that goes both ways. And what we do is we go to these churches and these believing communities around the world and say, okay, what do you need in this moment to, uh, to, to thrive as a church? And we try to provide that. Um, but, you know, the story that comes to mind, and this came to mind as we were talking just a minute ago about Mozambique, is uh, from Acts. And I believe it was the believers in Antioch who took up a collection uh, for the believers in Jerusalem because of, of an upcoming famine. Um, and they just said, oh, our brothers in Jerusalem need our help. And you can correct me if I'm getting those places wrong. This is just off the top of my head. But they were just standing together as the early church, trying to help each other in their times of need. And our brothers and sisters around the world are praying for their brothers and sisters in Canada at the same time. And they're praying for their brothers and sisters in America and Europe. And it's, it's a global faith it's not just a one, one way street of trying to help and trying to be the savior for the persecuted church. And so when we hear our brothers and sisters praying for us, that should be encouraging. We are one family, one body of Christ. It's a pretty incredible thing to think about how we are a body and, and each part plays its part, right? And, and you know, yeah, we have some benefits from the part of the world we live in. And yeah. we need to use that to to help the body of Christ but the, around the world. But the body of Christ around the world has so much to help us to yeah. what it means to live in faith and, and these prayers. And so rather than end our time today in prayer, where we pray for a persecuted family, we're actually going to play a clip this morning, just a short clip of persecuted believers in Burkina Faso praying for us as those who support the persecuted church. And so just take a moment to, to listen to their prayers and, uh, and thank God that we are one body. Well, that concludes this week's edition of the World Watch Weekly Podcast, and we hope you'll join us again next week. In the meantime, feel free to reach out to us on social media or on Discord. Uh, All our links for those can be found in the description of the podcast. Uh, And if you have any questions about the persecuted church or things that you want to hear discussed on the podcast, 
Uh, this is your periodic reminder that you can email us, podcast at odcan.org. Give us the questions that you want us to talk about on the podcast or countries that you're curious about. We'd love to answer your questions about that. So we'll see you again next week. And until then, God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You can find more ways to pray for your persecuted family on our website at opendoorscanada.org or follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada.